0: Thank you for downloading "Fearless in Devotion," a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here
1: they come, champions! Raise your voices! To-
0: Price and all, you're listening to Fearless in Devotion, the Wrexham AFC podcast, sponsored by The Fat Ball. First of all, thank you all so much for buying the third edition of the Fearless in Devotion fanzine. We've loved putting it together, even though it has been hard work, but the reaction's been brilliant, hasn't it, Tim?
1: Yeah, overwhelmingly positive. It's sold absolutely loads. and um, We're kind of running out of stock now, from, from being honest. So, yeah, it's, it's been very, very well-received. Yeah, it's only been out, what, <laughs> Eight, nine days? Eight eight days? can't remember. Not long, anyway. So we've sold a lot. It's been great. If you haven't got a copy already, please consider buying one. 56 pages, full colour, four quid. Uh, just all your fanzine, regular stuff, as well as there being a, a, an Arsenal special, 30 years almost to that very day that we beat them.
0: Yes, indeed. And I should say as well, we're not making a profit on this exactly. I think Have we all got our money back yet? Putting a magazine together is expensive. Unless it's all going to Andy Gilpin's bank account, and I don't know about it.
1: Andy's still Um, living in a cardboard box, judging by his Wi-Fi.
0: I can't confirm or deny that, but I do have a solid gold rocket car outside. (laughs) Well, Well, you already had that, so that's fine. Now, Andy, while I've got you, we've had a few queries about people still waiting for their fanzines. What can you give our loyal content consumers as an assurance that their fanzines will arrive?
2: I've, sent I was, I've got 170 second-class stamps and 170 envelopes. Thank God for self-adhesive stuff. Because if I had to lick all that, I'd be in a right state. But they're all out. They go out in batches. Uh, towards the beginning, I wasn't putting them all in the same envelope, but I am now because I've sorted out the weight. So if you haven't had it yet, they are, are all actually in the post box. If you don't have it within the next week, get, to, get back to me. And I'll, we'll, we'll talk about sending another one out. But as far as I'm concerned, we're up to date and everything's been sent out. The posties of Wilsdon Green absolutely hate me because that's a bigger fanzine than last time. And it's probably a, a, a
0: back injury inducing uh, size. And Liam, for people who aren't sold on the fanzine yet, haven't bought one, you, you've done a tell us about your piece.
3: I have done, uh, I wouldn't say an expose, but a considered look at Mr. Sean Harvey. We've talked about him on here quite a few times. Um, he's obviously someone who divides opinion, I think it's fair to say, between his times at the likes of Leeds and Bradford. But we've also got a bit of balance in there. You know, We've heard from Bryn Law in the past about what he's like to work with, thinks he's a decent football administrator um, Wayne from the Turf speaks to him quite regularly as well At the, uh, at the old burger van Which I was actually at this morning um, So yeah, it's a bit of a delve into the man Who is pretty much Well, we think running the ship Although obviously Fleur Robinson is in position as well But it's just trying to lift the lid a bit On what his role is And what he's like as well
0: Yeah, it's good stuff as well Right, Gloucester in the FA Trophy Positives Liam, why don't you go first?
3: Uh, I think it was probably the best £10 that I've spent in a while, actually, to be honest. Um, It was quite quiet before the match. Didn't look like there were going to be too many people there. But those who did pay to get in saw a pretty decent game of football. I know both sides were hit by uh, COVID injuries and various other things, but just some really enjoyable goals. Jordan Davis's first was decent. Jordan Davis's second was even better. Perlow with the outside of his foot. And Max Klewer's goal as well, that was an absolute banger. So yeah, decent £10, well spent. Not reading too much into it in terms of what it'll mean for the league, but just a nice bit of escapism, really. Yeah,
1: Tim, what about you, positive? Five goals at home and Folkestone and Victor in the next round. There is potentially a winnable, clear path to the final. I don't care what anybody says. Um, it would be great to go there again. I think, I think it was kind of sullied a bit by the fact we had three trips to Wembley in as many years. So that kind of like, kind of almost deme- deme- not, not demeaned it, but kind of felt like the competition was a little bit undervalued, especially when we lost to North Ferriby and Newport in the other competition. So, yeah, why not? I mean, if the squad's good enough, then then great. It'll, it'll be a, a true test of how far we've come. And by by the time that next round comes around, we will have re- reinforcements, hopefully. So the squad's going to be even bigger.
2: There you go. We're going to the final, Andy. Great. I've been to Wembley. Well, I live next door to Wembley, so I haven't been to Wembley since Tuesday. So that'll be great for me. Yeah. Um, free parking round mine between the hours of nine and five. So, you know, pile on round. I'll 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 put, a, I'll put a Google map.
1: Why were you at Wembley on
2: Tuesday? Well, I'm actually supposed to be self isolating. So let's cut that bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> out. Uh, our, our cars will get uh, our cars will get nicked on the uh, road though not they yeah by me <laughs> anyway Andy the game good win isn't it I mean you know I know they had they had loads of players out but so did we and a win's a win isn't it two words Kwame Thomas so good to see him back and I reckon
2: he'll just open up a lot of doors and a lot of different things we can do we've said a, a lot of time that our free to centre halves they get in the ball they like to boot it forward Invariably, it comes back because it's a lot for Mullin and Hyde to chase down those balls. But if you've got Carme there, if they're aiming for him, if he can take it down, if he can bring other people into play, if he can set the likes of Mullin off. You know, Davis had a great game because there was a focal point there and Davis could play off that. So I think having Kwame back, he can, he can score goals as well. We saw that yesterday, sorry, last season when he was in a purple patch before obviously he got injured at the wrong time. But to have him back, even, even if you think about Toza's long throws, just to have someone else there to aim, he just becomes another weapon. And we say we're going to reinforce in January, but we've already got another player back. He's a great player. He's going to be a cult hero. He's a crowd favourite. Well done, Kwame.
0: Tell you what, so overcome we'll are we uh, with festive cheer at fearless and devotion towers? We're not going to do negatives this week, should we? Should we? Uh, yeah, can let's... I have
3: one? Can I have one? Oh, fine. Parkinson on. nearly ruined the mystique around Charlie Trafford by naming him on the bench. If he gets any game time, it's going to ruin the whole Tom Taylor vibe to him. <laughs> so, I mean, it didn't quite. He didn't quite end up on the pitch. So I'm still not convinced that he actually exists. But yeah, that's my one negative.
1: I,
0: mean,
3: I
1: didn't I, I didn't know Kwame Thomas had a silent W in his name, according to Andy, <laughs> but we'll go with Kame all day long. Similar I, like Car- D-
0: I like Kame, though. He's a Kame, Kame. presence on the pitch. Kame, <laughs> Kame Thomas.
1: Kame, Kame is well-oiled Andrew <laughs> Yeah, Gale. I reckon
0: we get Kame and Dion up front. <laughs> um, no, um, in all seriousness, though, yeah, Charlie Trafford, I don't think he's, he's ever going to play at this rate, but uh, maybe we'll see him one day. Anyway... Uh, As we mentioned in the last podcast, we're in the middle of a special series of episodes over the Christmas period, celebrating 30 years since that Arsenal game. Of course, it's the subject of the fanzine as well. Tim, why don't you tell us who we've got coming up over the next few podcasts?
1: Well, we've got quite a few that we've backtracked for a while and we've kept in the back pocket, so to speak. So obviously, to mark the Arsenal game, we've got um, a certain... Mickey, Michael, Thomas. um, Not that one that played for Arsenal. The uh, little diminutive man with the mullet at the time that played for us. That Mickey Thomas. Uh, Andy Thackeray, who we had on recently, spoke really well. Uh, we kept his Arsenal stories back for obvious reasons, so we'll have him as well. We will also have uh, former Arsenal and England international, Alan Smith, just to kind of give us a view from the opposite side, really. And he was a good sport. He came on. He spoke, spoke about it at length. And yeah, it was just nice to hear what it was like from, from their viewpoints. Um, so yeah, we've got got some good stuff coming up. We might have one, more, one or two more um, surprises as well by the time they come round to air.
0: Yeah, the Alan Smith one's very interesting because, uh, you know, as I say, I don't think I've ever heard the perspective, uh, uh, the Arsenal perspective before. So that's great. Anyway, today we've got a bit of a different one for you. We haven't managed to land Brian Flynn yet. Someone does ask us on Twitter every week if we have. We are working on it, we promise. But we have nabbed someone from that coaching team. Andy, why don't you introduce this conversation?
2: Um, when I was starting out in journalism, um, I was at a paper called the Wrexham Mail, and I was covering Wrexham. And there was a fellow who really helped me. He was an absolute gent. His name was Kevin Reeves. Um, he was a great player in his time, but honestly, one of the nicest fellows I've met in football. No one has a bad word to say about him, and he was a really, really good, uh, really good to catch up with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. A strange first question this but did you know much about arsenal now I'm, I'm i'm asking that because it's not like they're on tv every week like they are now
4: um yeah we we did know a lot about them really and we um we had team meetings before the game um bearing in mind they were league champions you know the year before so they were actually on tv quite quite a lot the players were household names um I think we, you know, we we knew the players very well. The system they would play, as they did us. Really, I thought they did their their research on our system really well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it was. Uh, I think I think in terms of that, I think we knew we knew what we were up against. And, and um, I think we were all well prepared, really.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Did you, you scout them a few times? I know Joey loves a, a trip down to London, doesn't he?
4: Um, do you know what? I cannot remember who would have done the match reports. We certainly would have had a few match reports done on them. Um, and you know, we'd have watched a few a few videos of, of the way they played. We tended to always try and make the FA Cup a bit special for the players. We normally yeah. stayed away in a hotel, even for home games. Um, we stayed in one or two in Rossett Hall, we used to stay at, and odd times, and um, so. Um, we used to make it a bit of a special occasion for them as well. Cool. Did you do anything different
2: on the training ground just in the lead up to the uh, to the game?
4: No, not really. I mean, we we um, we sort of fell on the system um, during that season. I mean, bearing in mind we had sort of a mixture of very young players, and then Mickey, mm-hmm. Joey, Gordon, Davis. Um, and with Tomo playing in midfield, we sort of and we we needed to use his experience and his ability on the ball. And so we started to play with a three in midfield with two young legs around him in Wayne Phillips and Gareth Owen. Um, yeah. and, and the same, similar up front, you know, the um, Gordon Davis, you know, up front was Steve Watkin, and they balanced each other in that in terms of experiencing youth really well. But the, the, the thing that we did differently. And I don't think any other team played that way. And it was really just due down to personnel. Um, we played with just a wide left in Carl Connolly. And we didn't really have anybody on the wide right-hand side. And um, I remember distinctly in that game, Arsenal must have done their homework in that. I remember distinctly them sort of almost hitting blind passes out to our right-hand side because they knew we were short in that area. Um, yeah. and uh, yeah, I just thought I can remember so many long balls going out that side and then trying to break down. And of course, the goal came from, from that side, and Merson playing on that left hand side exposed us um, a number of times during the game, really.
2: Yeah, that must have been hard work for Thackeray. He's got he had a lot to do that game, didn't he? Um, he did. Was it e- yeah, was it an easy 11 to pick? Was there anyone unlucky to be left out? Do you think?
4: Um, well, Joey would probably say so i um, you know, <laughs> sure
2: you
4: that. would yeah <laughs> um, I don't I can't remember at the time um, with the injuries I mean I think James Kelly was one of the subs as well if I remember rightly he was a young yeah. boy coming through as well I mean it was a really strange mixture of, of um, as you know you know experienced players with Vincent Gold and um, and then a couple of, you know, Brian Carey was on loan, who was fantastic for us, a mixture of youth. and, But that team was getting better and better, really, I think, as well. And it, it progressed <coughs> uh, through that season and obviously the, the following season when we were able to add a few players and, um, and get promotion. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there was an urban
2: myth that George Graham went round and, and shook your, your hands beforehand and said, and said, good luck, and then went into his dressing room and was heard to, to shout, right, let's beat these. Was, it, was that true? I mean, I, I talked to Alan Smith a few days ago and he, he says that's not, a, that's not a thing you think George Graham would do.
4: No, I, I, I can't remember that. I can't remember him, um, him doing that at all.
2: Yeah, no, fair um, enough. The only
4: one I can remember in, in that yeah, the only one I can remember in that respect was Harry Redknapp when we when we beat West Ham. I, mean, I always remember him coming in the dressing room when we won down at Upton Park a couple of years later and um, him coming in and, and saying, fantastic performance with brilliant lads. And I always remember that, him coming in the dressing room, but it's certainly not the George Graham. And to be honest, Andy, you know, we were out on the pitch for a good while afterwards, you know, because we were, you know, celebrating yeah. really
2: yeah and i think mean, they probably wanted to get home didn't they so so going into yeah. the match was there a sort of was there any initial tactics was there anyone going man to man did you sort of say right we need to get close to smith or let's you know that's that's double mark rowcastle was there any sort of thing that you could remember that you specifically oh, I'll try and get that word right specifically told the lads
4: no i, th- I think um brian was a very forward thinking i mean a, an attacking minded person anyway um, and uh, I don't think he would have changed our way of playing um, in to, to accommodate them. The only thing, as you mentioned earlier on, the, the one that probably had his hands full that day was Andy Thackeray-Polmers, in particular, playing out on the left-hand side, and Winterburn getting forward on that left-hand side as well, and he had his hands full, but Andy was actually a, a fantastic athlete, um he could he could run all day he could get up and down all day so if anybody was going to fill that spot you know it was well suited to to him to do that and it was more and to be honest it was more about the way um we played in in the four three three, 3 and we were, we were beginning to get a bit of success with that system and that was the system actually we played for a, for a number of years we are always going to be a little bit uh, weaker on the on the right hand side defensively, but one of the two strikers was always told to just, when when they had it at the back, um, to split, um, and try and stop the fullback from getting out. But then when we were in possession, we liked the other striker to go and combine. In in, in that game, it was Gordon Davis and Steve Walk, in which they, well, they they combined brilliantly for the goal, as you know. Um, yeah. In fact, Gordon played really well that that day. I thought as well, and had a big influence on the game and was. Um, there was a nice, as I say, nice mixture in that you had, you know, experienced players that have been through it all, Gordon and, and Mickey uh, in particular. And um, yeah. and they, they, helped, they helped the youngsters a lot that day.
2: I mean, w- w- obviously, Arsenal probably had best chances in the in the first half and obviously went ahead. They may have fought, all right, the, well, maybe not the job's done, but, you know, the, we've, we've got a foothold in the game. Um yeah. In the second period, you seem to really... I don't know if the energy levels went up or you seem to get a lot closer to them in the second period and stopped Arsenal playing a little. Was that something that you, you said to the lads, right, we need to get tighter?
4: Well, I think, um, as you say, they dominated the game, really, for 60, 70 minutes. I remember we had a great chance in the first half. and I mean, Gareth, Gareth Owen yeah. just poking my wide of the, the post. Um, but they dominated the game... Um, the strange thing was me, me personally, I think Joe was the same as well on the bench and, and me personally, I felt that they just felt they'd done enough and one nil um, they seemed to be quite happy with that and I, I'm not saying they relaxed, but I think they just allowed us to come into the game a little bit. Um, and you could just sense you could just sense that something might be on. Um, I mean, the first goal, obviously, was just a, a fantastic free kick and, um, you know, Tom hit tom- it so, so sweetly. Um, and the feeling on, I think, even then, certainly on the bench was, well, this would be fantastic if we go to Highbury, you know, and get a replay. And, and from our point of view as well, it was, uh, as a staff, you know, we were looking at the possibility of, of being able to afford some players and, and bring in one or two fresh faces with, with the good youngsters that we had. So a trip to Highbury was, was looking really good at that time, you know, but you know, who, who would ever not want that to happen in the last uh, two minutes, three minutes later, you know,
2: just going back to, to, to the free kick. Um, did you think it was a free kick? I, I, I say, because I see, because I watched a lot of the game back a, a couple of days ago, just in preparation for this. Now I'm just going back, and Gordon Davies said, "Oh, it was a near assault." I mean, looking at it, I, I thought it was a little bit soft when I saw it back. What did you think?
4: Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I did think it was a it was a little bit soft. It could have gone. Could have gone either way. It could have been a free kick or not, you know. And uh, but listen, that's um, how many games and matches are settled on incidents like that. And uh, you take it. And you know the thing I, I remember as well when, I, when I've watched it back numerous times is that I, I can't remember who it was. They almost tried to take a quick free kick straight after they put Wayne it down. Wayne Phillips. Was it Wayne? Was Wayne it Wayne Phillips had yeah, the
2: ball. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. And, uh, and again, a, a moment, you know, a moment that didn't happen and then you, you know, it changes the whole face of the game. So after that went in,
2: I mean, it was a brilliant free kick. I mean, I, I don't think Seaman had much of a chance. He did sort of step to the left before, before Mickey took it, but it was so sweetly struck. I mean, what did you say to the, to the lads after that? I mean, obviously you say you, you had one eye on a, on a, on a trip to Highbury. Were you thinking, right, let's keep it tight. Were you thinking of maybe bringing Joey on for some experience?
4: Yeah, I think, well, daft as it might sound, then Andy, we 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 got a little bit of momentum, you know, which is an incredible thing to say. You know, playing against Arsenal, who were league champions at that time. Um, I mean, as you say, we scored a you know a, a free kick, and I think the, was the second goal only three or four minutes after that.
2: Yeah, they, it, they were rocking a, a little bit, rocking, weren't they? Bit.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and and there wasn't really much time to change anything anyway. I mean, the the, the game, and then you're two one up. Um and I you know the other thing I sort of distinctly remember that is a couple of headers, you know, because they started pumping long balls in they into did, the yeah. box and a couple of headers. Um well one in particular for Mark Satori, which he just launched over the halfway line. <laughs> and um and you know, those those sort of bits I remember, the you know, the, the disallowed goal at the end, which you're just thinking, oh no, but um, you know, listen, it, it turned out fantastically well for us in the end. But I did think in that last, and we're only talking 10, 15 minutes, you know, that we, we'd sort of uh, upped our game a little bit. And um, I think it's for them, then it became difficult for them to get back into it.
2: No, fair. Yeah, I mean, just just looking at the back, they had one which was um, which was deemed offside. Looking at it again, ooh, that could have gone either way as well. Um, but you know, they they did sort of go route one. I mean, as you said before, I mean, it, it did seem that it it was one nil to the Arsenal, didn't it? You know, they'd like to get get ahead and then keep that lead. And I think you just just with that free kick, I think you just knocked the stuffing out of them. They just they just weren't they just weren't expecting that really, were they?
4: No, no, they weren't, and and uh, as you say, you know, they they were masters at that, weren't they? Of, of protecting a lead, and probably it needed something like that to open them up. Probably in free play, we might not have been able to, you know, change the the direction of the game. Um, but as you say, you know, and I, I know we got a little finger to it. I think the team and just touched it slightly, and uh, you know the. The goalkeeper, as you say, made a little move to the left, but I think all goalkeepers do that to a degree. You know, they have to cover themselves a little bit, but it might go in the other corner. Um, But when they hit so accurately into the top corner like that, you know, know, any goalkeeper would struggle. I mean,
2: you and Brian had so many games in charge of like Wrexham-Swansea. I mean, is this a game that is like lazed into your memory? Do you remember it more vividly than the rest? Or is it just because it's so it's so on TV all the time? You, you 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 sort of you you remember it by seeing it when it when you know when it's
4: on. Um, well, listen, everybody knows about that game. Everybody remembers that game, um, and you know it's. Um, I remember seeing a thing not 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 very long ago actually, maybe only a couple of months ago about the sort of ten. Um, I think it was. Um,
2: yeah, it was really Yeah, 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 and
4: yeah and that was one of the ten. And I think it's always likely to be, you know, and it was a classic um, FA Cup moment. I mean, there was other great... I mean, the, the Cup was obviously very special for us at that time. The thing about that game as well, and we always... That was why I was saying about the Highbury thing, that it would have been great... We were actually able to, I mean, we bought Tony Humes the following season. We bought Mel Pedgett the following season. And it enabled us, and whilst they weren't massively expensive, we didn't have any money at the time. And to be able to go and afford to buy those type of players, you know, and bring in, um, that game not only probably is one of the most famous FA Cup, but it changed the history of the football club for me, or certainly our time there anyway. It certainly changed that in the respect that it gave us a little bit of a uh, Money to go and buy a few experienced players um, to go to go along with the great, you know, youngsters that we had. In terms of in terms of games, I mean, well, I mean, the FA Cup, the West Ham away, obviously. I remember Birmingham City away as being one of our sort of best performances, really, overall performances. Although they were a Championship side, not a Premier League team at that time or a First Division team, I just remember it being such a convincing 3-1 win and a a great performance from the players. There There were lots of good ones, but Birmingham City away, strangely, sticks in my mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this this match does lay the foundations of yours and uh, Brian's, Brian's reign. And you know, and uh, you've touched on it earlier. It's like the formation you had was a lot was very forward thinking because it not many people played a 4-4-3, especially in the way you guys played it. You know, with with lots of lots of bodies in the centre of midfield, giving that energy, and then just one one winger is usually Carl. He could usually win the ball in the air, and it set up so many attacks, didn't it? It's a bit ahead of its time, really, wasn't it?
4: Well, I mean, the, um, the 4-3-3 system is a classic system, as you know. You know, with the, you know, Johan Cruyff is a 4-3-3, Barcelona, and lots of teams play 4-3-3, but normally with two wide players um, and then three in midfield. But it was just the personnel at the time. Um, we always liked two front players together, up front, really. Um, so we sort of forced into it a little bit and Carl was, you know, Fantastic in that position, as you say. He was an outlet for us with uh, long diagonals. He won so many balls in the air. And, and then Steve Watkins generally would, would go for the flick-ons into the channels. The only problem with it, um, and I have to say, it didn't really get exposed um, classically, although Arsenal tried it that day, as I said before, was the weakness defensively on, on, the, um, on the right side because we didn't have a wide writer. Um, we tried to stop it at source, as I say, with one or two strikers when, when it started off from the back. But then we could get exposed um, down that down that side, but I can't remember it being too often, to be honest.
0: Right then, the final predictions of 2021. Andy, where are we? Well, for some reason,
2: Liam Randall decided that Gloucester, depleted National (laughs) League South (laughs) Gloucester, would do a smash and grab raid at the race course. Well, what does Liam know about football? Because the score was (laughs) Wrexham 5, Gloucester City 0. So everyone went for a win except Liam. Um, no one went for five 0 because, come on, we hadn't been smoking crack. Uh, th- that means that I've closed the gap on Liam. I'm still in last place. I've got 17. Liam's got 22. Tim's on 27, and Reese is on 26. So I still reckon I'm going to hunt him down, and he's going to be he's going to have a Chester City face tattoo by the end of the season. That, um, that
3: result should be voided because I didn't know about the the insider information that you all had. So. So, yeah. What, that Rex may beat Gloucester? Come on, mate. That's no, not inside no, information. No, Everyone
2: went 1 0 2 0. They were nobbled. You nobbled them.
0: Anyway, three games to predict this week. We've got Solihull, Altrinum, and Notts County, haven't we, Andy? Wow. What a bumper way that, that Liam can bolt it up.
2: So, I'll go first. I'll go right. Solihull, Moores. I think with a good rest for the likes of Mullin. With a full crowd, it's going to be tight because they're a good side, but I can see a 2-1 victory for us. So for Altrincham, oh, do you know what? I can see I can see a 2-1 win there. I can, I can. But Notts County, really tough. Love a draw, absolutely love a draw. We'll get a player sent off after 30 minutes and it will be a 3-1 defeat. Reese, do you want to go next?
0: Solly, Hull, I'm also going to say we're going to win um, at home for... Uh, Hopefully seeing up taking our fortunes. I'm gonna go with a kg2 one. Altrincham away. I'll be there. Uh it's uh not an easy place to go, but we went there and won last year. Uh, the night of the, the the night that the takeover was uh ratified, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh and I will say we're gonna draw one all in Altrincham. and at Notts County, very tough game. I'll go with a loss. I'll go Notts County 2, Wrexham 1.
3: Liam, next up, mate. I'm going to go for a one all draw against Solihull. Boo. Mm, I know, but I heard someone behind me at the match on Saturday say that we've never lost at Ultringham, apparently, so that means we'll lose. But no, I'm going to go for a 2-0 win away at Ultringham. And then a edgy nil-nil draw against Notts County.
2: Wow. Nil-nil against Notts County. I'm glad i paid to go there. It's going to be a classic. <laughs> Tim, you're going to be going to all three of these, aren't you? What do you reckon for Solihull?
1: Well, we hope so, depending on what goes on. Uh, I think oh. I think it's going to be two each versus Solihull. I think Sparrow's going to have a stormer, put himself in the shot window before we buy him. So that'll be two each. The 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 game against Gloucester will be like a false dawn that we're going to score loads at home. So two each for that one. I think we'll do Alti two nil away, and I think we'll do Notts County one nil, uh, just because we're long overdue a win against them. So yeah, let's let's do it.
2: Well, we'll have we'll have Perlow and Iniesta uh, in the midfield by then. So
0: that'll be that'll be uh, perfect. Well, on that topic. Any of you with your noses to the ground have any any tips that haven't been heard yet? Andy's got Andy's got the eyes of a man who knows some some uh, some rumours you tricked that out of me last week you tricked the name out of me I mean, i'm
2: i'm i'm wall wily this week you're not getting any of my secrets also i don't know anything
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. fine well let's hope that january is uh, is is, is going to be a good time to be a Wrexham fan um there will be a mini festive podcast released next week with some special guests but it will be pre-recorded Uh, to give us a break so this is actually our last podcast with us in it live so to speak of the year and as we're almost exactly halfway through the season how about a little Christmas cracker we've all got to put our necks on the line and predict Wrexham's finishing position in the table this season and how about not not a forfeit this time we'll do a reward email us in with a reward Uh, Liam you go first
3: well, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for this whatsoever. Um Raxma's final league position. I'm gonna go for fourth.
0: Solid. Andy.
2: I've always said we're gonna to finish top three. I haven't really swayed from that too much, but I think it'll be third.
0: Tim. Second. I'd love to go different, but I do actually agree with Andy. I think I said at the start of the season. I think I believe would be top three. Uh, I stand by that. And my pessimistic self means I'll stick with third. So third. All right. Last question: Who's going to win it then? Chesterfield or Stockport? Stockport and us will both have a strong second half of the season. I think.
2: Again, I can't really disagree with you this time. So I think Chesterfield will win it. I don't I just think they're doing all sorts of shit house stuff to to make sure they'll stay at the top of that league. You know, even just giving themselves a buy in the FA trophy, that is a single minded team. Uh, I think they'll win it. Tim.
1: Uh Borham would just cause it's going to be another shit house one, isn't it? Be like Sutton United, nobody expected them to do it. It'll be another cracking. Oh, right, Boreham would have sneaked out of nowhere. So just to be different, I'm going to go with them. And I really hope a sort of meteor lands on Chesterfield's football ground.
3: Hmm. Liam? Uh, I'm going to go for Stockport. I know they're not, you know, they're down in 10th at the minute. I just think with the manager they've got, the money they've got, I could see them going on a run and finishing top quite easily.
2: Quite easily. Wow. Fair enough. Why do you marry Stockport if you love them so much? (laughs)
3: I already have been down to the registry office this morning.
0: And on that note, that's all for now. Uh, it's uh, our last episode for Christmas. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We do appreciate it. We do this to have fun and we have had fun. So thank you very much and enjoy your Christmas.
1: The dollar and Pope.
0: Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Such enthusiasm from you, Andy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Grinching me. Grinching